Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Hey, Jackson, there's like a shrub on my laptop, bro. Oh. But it can't be mine because I'm shrubless. Well, you have face shrubs. Yeah. But this is too long to be one of my face shrubs. Mm. Comma, bro. Yeah. Welcome to Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. I'll keep you updated on this uh, shrub situation. Uh, You're welcome to text into the program on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 and leave a mic drop that won't be played, but you're just, you know, screaming into the wind uh, because Jackson won't play it. He is a censor. That's the deal. He is a censor, and it's unfortunate. Dan McLaughlin's going to join us coming up at 1045 here. Cardinals and Braves wrap up a Jim Dandy of what has been a magical four-game series. Cardinals now seven games under 500, tick-tock, eight games under 500 against teams with winning records. Fortunately for the Cardinals, the Brewers continue to lose, so they're only three games back after last night. Max Fried shuts them down, and the Cardinals will try to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Braves before heading back to St. Louis to see the team they just played last weekend. Then they got the Dodgers, and then... Order is restored with our friends from the National League Central. Do you happen, I know I didn't bring this up in advance of this show, but the calls of, you do have it. All right, Jackson just, he gave me, here's what I'm going to give you some behind the scenes here. This is behind the scenes. He gave me a thumbs up, and then he gave me a one, which meant give me a second before I call it up. That is the way we communicate here. Uh, some people say telepathically. I, I say more. It's like the Kama Sutra. Uh, here is the audio. We have Aaron Judge and the, the Pirates. There's the Pirates. This is, this is fun in the National League Central. Uh, this is the play-by-play uh, voice of the Pirates last night as Aaron Judge makes the contest between the Yankees and Pirates 15 to nothing. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize that they weren't playing in, in New York. No, yeah. It's in Pittsburgh, and it sounds like it's a raucous crowd in favor of the Yanks. Oh, so bad. I just can't imagine if you're, like, hanging out in Manhattan or even the Bronx going, want to drive to western Pennsylvania, <laughs> see the Pirates? So, I don't know, but obviously a lot of Yankees fans represented there. And then the National League Central, more friends. Uh, the Reds having a bit of a problem this year. Uh, it's a matter of opinion on what you determine is to be a problem, but uh-huh. uh, they're, they're 28 and 53. Uh, here is how it was going in the extra innings between the Reds and the Mets. Yep. So uh, real gauntlet we got here in the you, uh, NL Central. You might be despondent over the way the Cardinals have been playing as of late, but at least you're not in Pittsburgh or Cincinnati. That's my spin for you today. Uh, that's my spin. Oh, this is ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so Tim, Jeff Albert's been with the Cardinals since 2019. All four years, the team batting average is lower than every year going back to 1995. When will they cut ties to this clown? Thanks. That's from the 636. I don't know, man. I know the Albert thing's a hot, hot topic. 
I, I it's one of here's here's a little fun fact, and I guess I'll do it. It's not fair for me to ask you to do it or anybody else to do it. I'll do because because I kind of like doing this, which just speaks to just how big of an absolute nerd I am. Building out a spreadsheet, and the Cardinals runs against Pirates, Reds, and Cubs, and maybe a couple of other butt asses, and then what their run total is against teams above 500. Because one of the, I believe, misnomers when it comes to the 2022 Cardinals is, well, the offense is good. Well, the offense, because they're fourth in the league in runs. And it's like, yeah, but that's going to be a weighted statistic because of how many teams they get to play who are just absolute garbage. They get to play these teams 57 times. I'm talking about our friends in the Central. And so it is not necessarily all of that surprising that they're not having much success offensively against the Braves, and it wasn't like they were raking against the Phillies. So my guess would be that they most likely won't have a bunch of runs. There might be a game or two here over the next week, but when they're playing the Braves again tonight, and then the Phillies, and then the Dodgers, logic would dictate. Now, of course you can say, well, when you're playing a better team, it's going to be tougher to score runs unless you're talking about like one of those Colorado teams. But this is, this is, this is, one of the core issues is that this team is most likely not a pitcher away from being a championship contender. With that said, I still think what they have is good enough to get them in the playoffs, but that's by default. So when it's, when you have a stretch of playing against quality opposition, it highlights that which I think a lot of people in our audience already think, which is it's nice that they're above 500 and only three games out of first place, but it is a tainted statistic right. because of the division they're in. For example, the Rays and the Red Sox are tied for second in the American League East. They're 14 games back of the Yankees. If they were in the National League Central, they'd be a game back. So just giving you some perspective on where things are. The Braves might be, at this moment, playing better baseball than anybody since June 1st. Mm. They're two and a half back of the Mets in the National League East. They would be in first place by a few games if they were in the National League Central. And I think, here's the thing, I think if, for example, I'll draw a parallel, I try, I try to draw parallels with the Blues. What, I, what you're told in journalism school, which I didn't graduate from, I have eight hours left, we talked about it extensively on my podcast yesterday, Jackson. Uh, you try to localize. Mm. And then try to draw an analogy. Mm. In 2009, Blues fans, if you can take yourself back to 2009, it was just exciting to see the Blues get into the playoffs because it had been five years since they had been in the playoffs. Something that we had taken for granted year after year after year after year after year after year. Uh, and then when they they got back in in 2009, there was reason for celebration. Here, because the Cardinals have kind of been doing this for the last few years, and then we'll spin it into, well, they went to the postseason— Fans here, I think, are kind of, are, are taking it beyond, well, they're, they are in a playoff spot, albeit now tied for a wild card spot, and they are in a pennant race, albeit three games back of a team that's 10 games over 500 in the first place, uh, that fans are looking at it with a more discerning eye and going, yeah, they are, but the analogy I, I will draw is to, you know, it used to be a big deal to go to college football, bowl. And then everybody got to a bowl. And I think fans kind of got tired of coaches going, well, we went to a bowl this year. It was a good year. We're lowering our bar for the standard of success. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you were talking about the 2015 National League Central, where the Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates were all around, or or in the case of the Cardinals, a 100-win team, it's a different thing. But when you're in this division, where three teams are live to lose 100 games, and then you go and play good teams, and you play like the Cardinals have played, and it looks like there is a gap between you and the winning teams, that is why I think some fans are irritated. Meanwhile, going back to the St. Louis Blues, my expectation... I'll put it on predictionary. Fine, I'll do it. All right. Where is my? What's my record in predictionary? Seven and four. Boy, I take this seriously because I hit this and I'm at six sixty-seven, and I want to give the people sixty-five percent to seventy percent, even though I'm going to give you something that you cannot bet. At least I don't think you can. Doug Armstrong is going to be active today. I don't know how he's going to be active. I just anticipate him being active today. And so, what it will be? Will this be the last day for ninety-one in St. Louis? Will it be something else? Somehow, I believe that Doug Armstrong will be active. And that, at the core, is why the Blues are gaining popularity. Of course, there was a Stanley Cup three years ago, but gaining popularity and also getting the benefit of the doubt, whereas the Cardinals, despite having a record that is good and in a playoff spot at this moment, halfway through the season, don't have the same equity with a larger number of fans. And so it's not alarming to me that when they go and play the Braves, or even the Phillies, a team that fired their manager a month ago, that they run into some problems. And that last night was a Michaelis start. So now pack a lunch, because here we go, you know. You're actually 8-4 and four on predictionary. Yes! I forgot about that light. You gave away lightning money line, or lightning puck line on June 20th, and it hit. Nice. Thank you, Patty Maroon. So, so nine, let's go nine for it. Thirteen, I'd be at sixty-nine point two percent winning percentage. I mean, I'm making people money. I make picks. You make money. Absolutely. Uh, Tim, Army rules. Mo's a tool. Thanks. Six three six. Thank you from the three one four. It's so, it's so vague, but yet wonderful. Yeah, my, it's, it's concise. Leader. Wonderful. Leader in the clubhouse for oh, Texas. Oh, we're giving away Bud Bash tickets? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, here it is. It's right in front of me. 101 ESPN is your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next week's sold-out Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Dodgers on Tuesday, July 12th. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition Willie McGee bobblehead. Get all the details for Budweiser Bash nights at Bush Stadium now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Uh, guys, listening to you two is like batting 200 in an old man softball league. Thanks. That's from the 636. Yeah, but what's your what's your OPS? You know? Strong to quite strong. Right. Average is an antiquated stat. Uh, let's see. Man, T-Mac, that army take was so hit, Icarus wings burned off. Jackson, mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can, I believe I can decipher that. Okay. This, this little code. Because like, I went, I went back to be the leader in the club. Tom Hank and Da Vinci Code. Man T-Mac, so man Tim, Nice. that army, Doug Armstrong, mm. take was so hot. Ah, not hit. Was so hot, Icarus's, yeah. Icarus, wings, Icarus's wings just burned off. So that's a reference to Icarus flying too close to the sun. Sure, no, I'm familiar. And now he's gotten too close to the sun, so much so that the take was so hot it burned his wings off. Was that like a hot take? Uh, that I can't d- decipher. I can only decipher... Uh, this person should I tech. go into character and yell and see if I can get a national gig? I don't yeah, really, why not? I don't really want to move to like LA. Maybe yeah. I can do it remotely, right? From Jupiter, right? If Amy 
catches rabies. Is she burning herself to the ground? That's awkward as hell. That's from the six three six. That one I can't. Jackson, decide. at this point, we've you know this is this is Zach Johnson at Shinnecock. We've lost the golf course. We've lost we've lost the yeah. Air Comfort Service yeah. text line. This is Chambers Bay. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Dan McLaughlin's coming up at ten forty five here on the program. Uh, Katie Wu, who is a uh, regular guest here on one hundred one ESPN, oft times heard with BK and Ferrario, wrote a column this morning on the potential trade targets uh, that will be out there, not just for the Cardinals, but for all teams in contention. We'll go through those, see who is most appealing, and then also the day that could be for the St. Louis Blues. Jeremy Rutherford, oftentimes heard on uh, shows throughout the day here on 101 ESPN, including ours, um, talking about how he has talked with sources Regarding Tarasenko, regarding Tory Krug, and the potential that the Blues are looking to move him, we'll detail this. It could be an active day for the St. Louis Blues, despite the fact that uh, in a normal set of circumstances, you'd be like, oh, well, the first place or second place baseball team is in the mix and the trade deadline's less than a month away. But I think people would expect if there's going to be a move made at this moment, it would be from the Blues. We'll talk about that. That's coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sick. Sick. Welcome back. It's a little piddle show. I run point for little piddles and then he gives you takes usually on somebody named TJ who plays in the NBA. Oh, TJ Warren. Hope his foot's okay. Having issues with that last season. Your thoughts, 65780. I'm listening to the Blimp Show or something like that. These guys are all over the doing LOL. What you doing? Someone wants to go to the Cardinal game, it sounds like. <laughs> sounds like someone wants to go to the Cardinal uh, game. Tim, can we get an update on the shrub situation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow, it uh, the shrub has moved, oh. which makes me wonder if I was dealing with a walking stick on my laptop. <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> walking oh, if I, I mean, if I was looking at that shrub, which I thought, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think I'm the only bald person on the station. I think. Yeah. I don't want to draw attention to anybody who might not be as forthright with their situation as me, but I'm pretty sure everybody has a full head of hair on the station. Yeah. Uh, boy, Matt Rocchio sure does. Yeah, boy, he's got a lovely, <laughs> dense thicket. Yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody, now that I'm thinking about it, everybody's doing really well. What a rider. It's yeah. Flowing past his shoulders. Has sick flow. Yeah. Me and you are like the... I know. <laughs> holding on for dear life. Yeah. They were like, oh boy, we better check a box here. They got, we don't have any guys with the male pattern baldness on the station. Uh, so they put us in here. Yep. But uh, yeah, I just assumed it was somebody else's because it can't be mine. And now it has moved. And what if I was looking at it and I saw two little legs walk <laughs> off my laptop? I'd be running for the hills. Is there a scarier insect than the walking stick? The walking stick, stick is, a, is a demon is what I'd tell you. <laughs> what a scary little animal. Morning, guys. Have a great day. That's from Lisa. The best. I want Lisa to come in here and co-host. Seriously, yeah. Like a positivity Friday or something. I'm telling you. Uh, all right, so I was deep teasing this. Katie Wu wrote this on The Athletic, and then Jeremy Rutherford wrote on The Athletic, because we like talking trades here. Let's see what we got going on here uh, with regards to the Cardinals and the Blues. And by the way, a friend of mine uh, just retweeted um, that uh, the tweet from Vladimir Tarasenko, and... The tweet was just sent three minutes ago, now six minutes ago, 
and it's just a picture of the ocean, and it looks like he's on vacation. Mm. And so I texted my compadre uh, what the significance of that was in his opinion, and he said the last time he tweeted was the day Bobby Plager died. Wow. I think he's gone. It just makes business sense. Blues need to move money. He's one of the only movable big contracts they have, and I can't imagine Armstrong wants anything to do with signing 91's next contract. So if an upgrade is in the works, 91's money needs to move. So there you go. I mean, that is, yeah, that's... this is like sitting down with an English teacher, you know, over like a monster bowl and, and going, okay, <laughs> how are we going to interpret the final few scenes of The Graduate? Because yeah. it's just a picture of Vladimir Tarasenko on vacation from my standpoint, and he took a lot, of, he extrapolated. <laughs> he took a lot and, of and Let me tell you something. Let's see if he's right. Yeah, seriously. I, 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 I lean on this uh, this fine gentleman here. So I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, Tarasenko just tweeted that like, uh, let's see, seven minutes ago right there. With regards to, we'll start with the Blues since that'll segue in with uh, today in the draft. Um, the column from Jeremy Rutherford, could today be Vladimir Tarasenko's final day with the Blues? Uh, J.R. recites that quote that I thought was suspicious when he was asked in the postseason wrap-up press conference uh, about Tarasenko, and I thought it was not a coincidence the way he answered the question regarding Tarasenko, and he said, I'm not concerned with Vladdy for next year at all. It just, to me, could be wrong. I mean, here I, I'm interpreting pictures and <laughs> quotes. That's what this is now. This is basically like a poetry show, which I think would be a huge hit. Smash. Uh, to me, that was intentionally confusing verbiage. Mm. But if you read it that way, then it is not confusing at all. I don't think he's going to be here, and I think it's the right move to trade him. Yeah. And I don't even I don't even know if I see any other way, honestly. He, his value is, last year, I would have said, that ah, doesn't make sense outside of he wants it. But this year, his stock has not been higher, and he he's one hit away from that shoulder again. Right, right. And he wants out, and you need some room. Right. So... Could be a perfect situation. It's just, it's to me, it's obvious, and I'm not even reading into the vacation picture. <laughs> right. I, I said this a half hour ago on TMA that no. I was like, yeah, I think I think he's gone. Now, do I know if it's going to be today? No, but maybe because he's tweeting the, the ocean, that means he is gone, and he knows it, and we're going to find out here while we're on the air. I don't know. But uh, that strikes me as being obvious. The one that's got people going here is the Tory Krug situation, Rutherford writing that, uh, and according to a source, uh, now because Krug has a full no trade, he has not been contacted by the Blues, according to the source, about waiving that no trade. But I think that it is uh, it just a matter of time before Tarasenko's gone. And I get it. I'm not necessarily like going, oh, good, I'm glad he's gone. But from a business move, considering the circumstances that I just stated, I assume that that will happen. And I think it's the right move because of said circumstances. Jackson, do I even bother asking you a hockey question on July 7th? Do I even bother with this? Or would you like to talk about TJ Warren? No, I think it'd just be in your best interest to, to move on. Just let me sit here and look for walking sticks. Uh, good morning, fellas. I love the shell. I love the shell, too. But it should be named Tool Time, featuring Tim the Tool and Al Borland, a.k.a. Jackson. It's from the 980. We are hot in the 980. What is the 980? 
This should be called the Yuppie and the Beatnik. That's from the 636, Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Mount Rushmore of Beatniks. Send them in. Yeah, boy. Uh, i trying to think. Guys, Boochgross says uh, Matty Kachuk's getting traded. Do it, Dougie! That's from the 314. So many thoughts in my head now. I'm thinking about hockey, the shell, Beatniks. No. Vladimir Tarasenko's vacation picture. Too much to decipher right now. A lot of interpretation going yeah. on here. Yeah. Uh, so then you have the Cardinals situation. Katie Wu with the athletic writing about the potential trade targets for the Cardinals. And because, uh, you know, but starting pitching is the one that's going to get the attention and who would be some of the names. Now, Jackson called him Tyler Mall on TMA <laughs> this morning. And then I thought, boy, I'd been calling him Molly for a few years. Because he's a guy that I'll pick up off the waiver wire in fantasy baseball every yeah, once a, in a while. He's a great waiver wire pickup. But I'm like, wow, his name's been Maul the whole time. I didn't know that. No. And then about two minutes later, you then issued an apology. Right. A little retraction. Like, what, what was it on uh, on PTI? Wouldn't they have that little segment? Things where they that were... we messed up. Errors yeah. and omissions. Yeah, with and then the... Tony Cornizer would say goodbye to Canada because yeah. he upset them one right. time. Tony Reale would tell them what they did wrong. That's right. So uh, so it was kind of one of my errors or omissions is that I said Tyler Mall when it's Tyler Molly. Of the uh, Reds. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of selling in the Central. You might be surprised to hear uh, Luis Castillo talked about Tyler Mall or Molly, depending right. on how you want to interpret it. It depends where you're from. Kyle, that's right. It's a dialect thing. Kyle Hendricks uh, of the Cubs, although he's dealing with a shoulder situation now. Frankie Montaz of the uh, A's is the one that uh, Katie writes is going to be the most in-demand starting pitcher on the market this season. Kyle Freeland is with the Rockies at a 4.43 ERA, but of course that's in Colorado. Martin Perez of the Rangers, Pablo Lopez of the Marlins, although the Marlins are only three three games back, a wild yeah. card spot in the National League at the moment, also listed as possible. So as far as Madison Bumgardner, which is a name that I see pop up here in the Air Comfort Service text line multiple times uh, a show, she says that that is not necessarily likely because of the contract he is carrying, uh, and, the, and he is under contract with some big dollars due over the next few years and so therefore does not think that and if i'm not mistaken at least a couple of years ago i thought he had st louis as a place he would not mad bum mad yeah, bum yeah. yeah that he would not come and pitch well i think when, once you've fished in arizona for a little bit st louis might sound a little nicer yeah maybe the game has changed <laughs> yeah maybe it's a little coming off of three world series i bet he was like yeah i'm not going to st louis but now that he's pitching for the diamondbacks with their ever-changing uniforms Maybe. Oh, you're going after the Dynamax uniform. They're the worst nothing. in baseball. Oh. Yeah, Bumgarner uh, is due uh, $23 million this year, $23 million next year, and $14 million in 2024. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily ideal for the numbers he's been putting up this year. It's, he hasn't had a bad season by any means, and he gets almost no run support, but is he going to change the course of the season? I'm not sure. And for that money, that would be someone you would want to change the course of the season. Uh, guys, this show should be called Cancelled. Can we just fill the hour with John Mazalock excuses? That's from the 618. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> Am I now considered an apologist of the Cardinals? Is that, is it, has it gotten, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty critical. I don't really, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm like monitoring what I'm rated as far as a Cardinal critic, but you really got to be looking for something if you think that I'm like 
<laughs> like, man, I really like what they've done here recently. I was all over the Matt signing as being the move that would make this team a you know 110 win team for a show called Balloon Party. You really, really are putting oh, on a, quite a show. <laughs> That's good text. Uh, how about you guys pronounce Sandy Alcantara's name? I say Sandy Alcantara. Is that, I've, heard, I've heard either way. Here's the way I interpret the name. Uh-huh. When he was traded from the Cardinals, most people, if not everybody, actually, uh-huh. I believe, were saying Sandy Alcantara. Uh-huh. Uh, now that he's with the Marlins, it's Sandy Alcantara. Okay. Is it? Does that actually a dialect thing? Or I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah. If somebody wants me to pronounce their name a certain way. I've looked it up. and I, I do. I've looked it up, and it's still kind of cool. How do you handle the Arenado-Arenado situation? Hot topic in our Air Comfort Service tax line, as you know. Yeah, I, I've nowadays on the card. It's the same thing. Nowadays on the Cardinals, it's been Arenado. But I was on, this is the thing, and you know who's, who, who will know better than anybody outside of Nolan himself, who I don't believe will be appearing on today's show, is Dan McLaughlin. No one might. We'll see. Yeah, I know he's I know he's streaming in Atlanta. <laughs> right. Uh, that... Uh, I was on that Zoom press conference, his first press conference when he came to the Cardinals after the trade, and I am all but certain he was asked, I know he was, I remember he was asked that question, I am virtually certain he said it's Arenado. Really? He said he didn't really care, right. but but to answer the question, that's what it is. For example, the state where Las Vegas is, how do you pronounce it? Nevada. That is actually correct. Well, but I think more people who do not live in Nevada say Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a learned guy, so. Wow, wow, wow. This guy can't be more condescending. <laughs> just unfortunate. Uh, thank you. No, it's just wrong. Terra, not Terra. What? It's in the 618. I can't decipher that. We need That's... Tom Hank back. Uh, is Jackson dreaming of Chet Holmgren's summer league performances? Thanks. That's from Eric in the Central West End. Six blocks in one game. Just saying. But Kenny Lofton Jr. walked him down and took him to the prom down on the post. So who knows? Uh, guys, enough Cardinals and Blues talk. Please have Jackson fill me in on the NBA summer league, and will Sidney Dean sign with a team? Thanks, Rick and O'Fallon. Did you just miss that Chet Holmgren scorcher I just gave? I mean, is he big enough? Will those muscles support anything? Uh, guys, he said it was Arenado, pronounced like a pirate. Arg. <laughs> I like that. I remember, I specifically remember watching it and going, oh, I've been pronouncing it Arenado. It's Arenado. I think that Arenado sounds better to me. Like, it well, sounds I mean, more it's natural. Up to him. But, sure. but, well. I, but I, that's why, that's why I remember, I remember the Nevada thing going, oh, I've been saying Nevada all these times I'm in Las Vegas, I would be saying I'm in Nevada. Chicago similar too, right? It's supposed to be like well, a... Chicago is a St. Louis dialect issue, gotcha. which I was not aware of uh-huh. until nearly graduating from the University of Missouri Journalism School. And then the people who were not from Missouri and the only people who weren't from Missouri, me, the Colonel, friend of the show, Gabe mm-hmm. Yarman, powermazoo.com and Nichelle Turner now on Entertainment Tonight. And they go, oh, you're clearly from St. Louis. And I go, how do you know that? And they said, oh, you say Chicago. Mm. And I go, well, yeah, it's Chicago. And they go, no, it's Chicago. And I go, oh. You go, right. They said St. Louis people speak with a nasally dialect. But I would think that the stereotypical Chicago accent would be would, Chicago. Would, right, exactly. If you think of the Bears with right. Chris Farley and George Went yeah. and Mike Myers. Yeah. Love that George Went. Let's get him on. Well, we already have Nolan Arnado, so I don't know how you were going to bump anybody else.
Tim, can you trade Jackson to the Panthers for a fifth-round pick? Thanks. That's from the 618. Oh, no, I'm not playing in that weak-ass stadium with those weak-ass uniforms. Wow. Uh, let's see, Jackson, can we get a full segment dedicated to the Thomas Bryant signing in Los Angeles? Thanks. That's from the 314. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to break down there, but I'll... I'll just leave that to my own thoughts. Uh, Tim, it was Randy Carricker who asked uh, Nolan in the press conference, go ask him. That might have been Randy. Ah. It, was, it was a Zoom. I mean, this was 2021, so yeah. it was a Zoom press conference. Yeah. Well, I'll ask Randy. I'll ask him. Well, we'll, get, we'll get to the bottom of this. Maybe. I mean, I, I remember the question being asked, and that's why I was like, oh, I've been mispronouncing it. Arenado. It's Arenado. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, Dan McLaughlin will give us the answer. Yeah. Uh, but we'll find Randy. You going to go find him? I'll go find him. Yeah, hunt him you, down. You got to update people on the Lakers signings here in a few minutes. Uh, there's not much activity today. I'm going to have to like lean into I might just say the NFL draft, the NHL draft is tonight, and then quickly break. Man, why do you hate the audience? Why does the audience hate me? Maybe we could work this out. Maybe I can play the role of mediator. <laughs> yeah, you'd be Robin Williams. What's Robin Williams got to do with it, bro? Uh, good Will Hunting. I don't know. He just seemed like Where was he, he the mediator? Between Will Hunting and all of his problems. Terrible. Awful. Especially for a guy who fancies himself, A, is intelligent, B, is Ivy League, and C, is a movie aficionado. Awful. Absolute terrible reference from a great film, too, for the record. What won Best Picture that year? Titanic? What year was that? 97, baby? 97? Yeah, Titanic. Good. Thank you. Uh, your thoughts on Jackson, Robin Williams, his Lakers update, 65780. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. This is Balloon Party, now known as Blimp Party. <laughs> 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. We're five minutes away from Dan McLaughlin joining us. Uh, Mike Ryder, executive producer of the radio station, and he's flaunting his flowing locks at our expense. Jackson's in the second inning of his balding process, and my game is over. Uh, walked into the studio and said, essentially, it was implied, hey, clowns, there's actual audio of this. Uh, here is uh, here is Nolan Arenado. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah well, last name's Arenado. Um I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You know, it's all good. But Arnado is how you say it. Um, there it is. God. So that's exactly what I heard because I remember him saying he didn't really care. Right. <laughs> and yet I got the part that was most important wrong. <laughs> all right. I guess I got to issue an apology. Yeah. But we do have a winner for some, some tickets to Bud Bash. Oh, is that right? Yeah. All right. We got his name is Tom. The gentleman's name is Tom. And he said... He, I, I posed the question, why does the audience hate me? He said, why does the audience hate yeah, you? I noticed that we've gotten a lot of responses to that rhetorical question. He said, how much time you got left in the show? And I thought that was a real nice zinger. And uh, for that, four tickets. Well, I thought there were many more that were more mean and vivid. But hey, it's this is you are the, uh, really this work- is the little piddle show. Yeah, I mean, I was really working on my Sports Center update. Yeah, so, I, I, noticed, I noticed that was thorough. <laughs> uh, good morning. My name is Tim McKernan. You might know me from AM and HD2 Radio. I'm a heavy hitter in the market. For the last couple of years, I have been mispronouncing Nolan Arenado's name. It's apparently Arenado, and I was in the press conference in which he said it. At this time, I would like to apologize to anybody who is offended by my comments. I will be taking time away from the show and my HD2 Radio show to further examine myself and hope that I can find guidance to get back to the low-tier broadcaster I've always been. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless these United States of America. 
Sadly, you've been ratioed. <laughs> yeah. Instant ratio. Yeah, instant ratio. Uh, where the F is my JaVale McGee update? Thanks. What happened to JaVale? He's been is on it like, JaVale or JaVale? It's JaVale. I've that actually one. been in an elevator with him. Really? I have. SEC championship, I think. And you the... were staring him right in the eyes, right? No, you know what? I'll be honest with you. He had me by a little bit. <laughs> But I recognized him, and uh, and obviously he recognized. I was also right. in an elevator with uh, Shane Batty. He was like, oh I, wow! I wonder what team that was. It was thirteen? Missouri was playing Auburn. Wardam Eagle uh-huh. had a little problem defending the run game that game. Ah yes, and... might still be on Houston at that time. No, he went with the Heat because that that was right before they had won the championship. Yeah, right. He was with Miami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's no way. It yeah. was December of thirteen. The Heat didn't. The Heat won the NBA championship in June of thirteen. That was December thirteen, baby. Good. December thirteen. Well, he wasn't on the team at the. Well, no, he would have been. You're arguing with yourself. I am all in on this. I added to Predictionary. Okay. I really am. Uh, There's no because if I would have known that the Heat were there, in the same hotel, then I would. I know I would have been like nerding out about it. Okay. Well, Shane Battier was on the Heat from 2011 to 2014. Okay. God, maybe it was maybe it was fourteen then, because I stayed in the same hotel in fourteen. So I got to put an asterisk on this. I'm gonna look up and see if the Hawks were playing the Heat that night. Tim, it's pronounced Trajan Langdon. Thanks. <laughs> Tim, you're my favorite low tier podcaster. It's from three one four. You guys just suck, and that's all there is. Nothing else to say. Thank you. If you would have sent it in earlier, you would go in to see the Dodgers. What are you doing over there? I'm looking up to see if the Heat played the Hawks that night. Oh, thank you. It's what everybody's looking forward to. Uh, all right. I'm, but for the purpose of being on the clock, I'm going to break now. If I can get my producer slash real host of the program, the Little Piddle Show, to peel away from the NBA's site uh-huh. to let me know. So what do you got? Uh, no, they beat the Pistons by 25 that night. Yeah. Was that 13 or 14? December 2013. See, I think it might have been 14. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. All right. All I know is I was in the elevator with them. That's a great defender. Probably boxed you out to get to the second floor Absolutely. quicker. Yeah. No, we ran into Barkley in the lobby. Oh, wow. Now, that was 13. Okay. And there's a picture on my uh, Facebook with uh, my wife, uh, and she's wearing the black and gold. We both went to the University of Missouri. She graduated. I'm working on it. And Barkley's wearing an Auburn stocking cap. He goes, man, you guys are so good. He goes, you could have won that game, but I don't know what your defense was doing. But... <laughs> And I, I got to go watch the Ohio State-Michigan State game because whoever, I can't remember who it was, uh-huh. but if one of them lost, then the winner of the SEC championship game got to go play right. Jameis is famous for ah, the national championship. This is pre-college yeah. football playoff. Yeah, that's right. That was so Missouri was essentially in a semifinal, mm-hmm. and had they defended that damn play in Trey Mason, they would have played for the national championship at the Rose Bowl. That's why I don't settle for we go to bowls around here. Before the dream becomes a reality, we need to have the dream. And the dream is not to play in the effing Liberty Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl. Go to bowls around here. Everybody goes to bowls. We can create a school today, and it'll go to a bowl. Ah, Little Piddles you. Little Piddles you. <laughs> All right, we'll break Dan McLaughlin coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Let's get right to it. Dan McLaughlin's with us. No need to dilly-dally around and allow cha- chance for Jackson to talk Sidetrack about. Sidetrack us. Yeah, like what the Pistons did in 2013, which literally just happened on this show. <laughs> Dan McLaughlin with us here on the Brian Crouppen Celebrity Lane. Morning, Dan. 
Morning, fellas. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 and no. I don't well, want to that. It's been a tough trip, guys. It has been. It has been a little rough. Yeah. Going to finish strong. And then and then we see those very same Phillies just a few days later and exact some revenge. I think that's what it is. Yeah, those pesky Phils, they'll be in tomorrow. Um, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to getting back home. And it's hard to believe that this is the final road trip before the uh, All-Star break. And we're going to come back from the break, and it'll be a sprint to the finish. So starting to get into that time, guys, where – Everything is uh, magnified because you do start to look at the clock, if you will, or the the months, the days, and they're they're falling off the map. And you got to see where you're at and see how this all plays out. The amazing thing has been is that despite the fact they haven't played well, um, still in the hunt, obviously in the Central Division, and the division is poor, so you, you're going to have a chance to stay in it. And they also are staying in it with the wild cards. So the third wild card certainly helps. And, you know, it's it's going to be fun down the stretch where games have meaning. And I think that's what we're going to have here in 2022. Yeah, I would I would anticipate uh, the Cardinals being there to the very end. I kind of expect them to be in, in the playoffs. It's just a matter of which way they will enter in, through the Central or through the wild card. I, the, the thing that I can't wait to see here over the next few weeks is how the Cardinals approach the deadline. Um, we were talking in the earlier part of the show, Dan, about the names. Katie Wu of The Athletic wrote a story today on the names that are out there as far as starting pitching help goes. Uh, do you expect the Cardinals to um, be aggressive at the deadline? Well, I, I would put it this way. I, I think they need pitching. So if they're going to get into the playoffs, um, pitching is going to have to be addressed and sooner rather than later because what's happened on this trip is not sustainable in terms of of your starters just not going deep the bullpen has been just awesome they've been lights out here in the month of july and and on the road trip but you're gonna have to have starters go deep uh into games i was just doing some of the numbers in the last 20 games that i think they the starters have three wins and uh, an ERA that's uh, north of five. So that that's not going to continue to put yourself in a position to win games. You know, it's, again, you got Libertor going tonight against a really good lineup, and they crush lefties. So this could be a real tough matchup for him. Um, and, and so to answer your question, you know, how you define aggressive would be, at least in my mind, getting yourself an arm or two to settle down the rotation because – uh, it's got to be better than what we've seen here the last couple of times through. Yeah, with with respect to the rotation, you feel good when Michaelis is out there. Last night was not his problem. The offense was held in check by Freed. Uh, but the bullpen, as you were talking about, has been strained by the starters not going deep into the games. I want to focus on one guy because you get to see it and then you're around the club. And I'm sure people still have hope for what his potential is and the flashes he's shown, and that's Dakota Hudson. How are you viewing, you know, obvious control problems that have held him back and led to him getting out of games early? What uh, are you hearing from the team or from him uh, on on what he needs to do to right the ship? Well, he's always struggled, Tim, as you know, throwing strikes. Um, even prior to him having the, the Tommy John surgery, um, that was always an issue. And so, you know, to me, when if you can't throw strikes, it's two things. Either one, it's a physical issue, which I, I don't think that's the problem with Dakota, or two, 
actually three things. The second one would be you're afraid to throw it in the strike zone. So it's a mental thing where you're just you're you're yeah, concerned about contact. Or three, you have so much movement that there's an issue with uh, with finding the strike zone. And right now, I think that's the thing with him. He's he's got so much movement on his sinker that. There are times when his body doesn't catch up with his arm or vice versa. There's kind of some moving parts in his delivery that leaves him to, to fly open. And I have talked to some people about this and then the ball gets flat. And if it gets flat, then he's going to get hit. So it's, it's kind of a mechanical thing at times. And, you know, he had, uh, what was it? Three starts in a row where he, he went seven innings and, you're like, that's the guy. Just pound the sinker, throw strikes. And you could tell everything was in sync. And I think at times he gets away from that. And by no means am I a pitching coach or a guy that evaluates, uh, you know, somebody's motion. But I can see it at times. Um, and when I say that, I'm not an expert. I mean, I can still see, though, at times when he flies open, the ball gets flat and he gets hit. And the other issue is he's not going deep into games. And so the reason why is if he's getting hit and then you mix in three or four walks, you're just not going to go more than five innings. And unfortunately, that's been the problem with him. And so if you had somebody, I think, that you would feel comfortable with coming in and filling that rotation spot, his spot might be tenuous in it, and you'd move him to the bullpen. But right now, the Cardinals don't have that option. When you take a look at the remaining spots in the rotation, up until his most recent start in Atlanta, uh, Plante has been pretty outstanding uh, relative to, I think, what people were thinking initially when he got that, that spot start that he has now carried over into multiple starts. And then the guy we're going to see tonight uh, in Matthew Libertor, and as you mentioned, the Braves rake on left-handed pitching. Uh, how do you view those two guys at this moment? How do you think the Cardinals view them, Dan? Well, I, I think Libertor is a work in progress. Um, you know, you'll see tonight uh and and it was really odd i guess his last start was saturday i believe yeah that was the saturday game when they had the five nothing lead and eventually held on um you'll see like he was it just the ball was not coming out of his hand it was kept slipping out of his hands it looked like and so he's got a really good curveball you see that um and brad thompson and i were just talking about it this morning want to see him establish his fastball because everything plays off of that which includes his curveball so you, you got to see that, <clears throat> but I think you got to see more consistency. So you're looking at uh, not a finished product, but being forced to to pitch here in the big leagues because of what's happened with injuries and, and other guys just haven't performed. And with Palante, it, to me, it was some of the peripherals finally caught up. Because if you look at some of the numbers that are outside of the easy things to look at, which is, hey, he's going deep into games and 13 ground balls, but there are some things like batted balls and the fact that he wasn't in the strike zone a lot, or if he was, there were his balls that were put in play were right at guys. Well, that kind of caught up with him uh, his last start. So hopefully that's not going to be the trend. But I think how the club, you asked how they view him, I, I think they love Palante, and, and I understand why. He's, he's going to be very good. Um, I think maybe he's best in the bullpen, but right now with what you have, you, you got to throw them out there, and I think that's what the Cardinals feel too. Dan McLaughlin, Cardinals and Braves tonight, back home tomorrow for a four-game series with the Phillies. Then the Dodgers come to town. Reds, all-star break. That's how it looks for the Cardinals, and we always enjoy talking it over with Danny Mack here on Thursdays on 101 ESPN. Dan, thank you so much. Safe travels back to St. Louis. 
Okay, buddy. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Take Thanks, it easy. Dad. That's Dan McLaughlin with us here on 101 ESPN. We will shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. Thank you for listening to The Little Piddle Show on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.